captain's force in the midfield is something that I think we were lacking for a long time. I'm not saying in the match he, he did a good job. Yes. But having Troy in there just brings a different burst of energy. What's going on guys? Welcome to River City 93 brought to you by Roughneck Scarves and I'm back. <laughs> I've done a long vacation. It feels like it's been forever. It feels like I've been a month since I podcasted which is weird. Because we had, what, my honeymoon, and we had a week off. Yeah, so yeah. I'm back. I know y'all hate hearing my voice, but I'm back. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? Oh, doing good, man. Happy. Happy. Oh, you should be. Look, hat trick of wins. Look, it's all worth it, man. For all those who don't know, uh, the Richmond Kickers got a th- – well, hold on. We should introduce ourselves first. I'm Elliot. This I'm is Shanir. <laughs> we got to remember how to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, for those who were under a rock this past weekend, Richmond Kickers gets a 1-0 win over Ford Madison, also known as FC Mean. It's a big win. Yeah. It's, it's a big win. I think if you look at all the games from this weekend, you can obviously tell, like, this is the game that, Caught a lot of people by surprise when they saw the final scoreline. Because um, I think four went four in a row. They looked to be one of those teams that was climbing up this table steadily, like them in Chattanooga. And, you know, Richmond, granted, we won two games against two MLS2 teams. It kind of looked like everything was going forward, forward's way. And even with, <clears throat> I would say, the first 20 minutes or so, you know, Richmond looked very un-Richmond like. It didn't look like it was a whole bunch of trying to hold the ball down for long periods of time. It didn't look like we were really trying to possess the ball. It kind of looked like Bulow said, hey, look, we're going to create a block and that we're holding this down. And we, we played a very counter-attacking game. Yeah, um, we did. It was, it, it was basically you try and get through us, and when you don't, not if you don't, but when you don't, we take the ball and we just fly up the field and yeah. try and do something. Fly up the field, kick it long to Chen, he knocks it down to Elman and Gallardo or in Wape, and then they create the opportunities. That's what that's what happened a lot. Um, kickers came out of the 3-5-2, and I would got to say, ever since we've been on this winning streak, it's been because Troyer has been in the lineup. So, it's kind of been working, working great for us. Um... Four, I mean, four had what fifty six percent possession to Richmond's yeah. forty. Yeah, forty four. They had nine shots, zero on target. Oddly enough, um, they did have what the one chance in the twenty seventh minute that goes out the post for Oliver White. That I honestly do. My not heart was know. in my throat. I honestly do not know how he misses that. My heart was in my throat. Like yeah. I mean, when Akira, I saw, Akira made a bid for it, but if it was on target, Akira's beat there. Oh, yeah. And it just bangs off the post and yeah, sigh of relief. Yeah. Sigh of relief. Oh, I'm pretty sure, like, Akira took that goal post home. <laughs> like, like, we're going to become best friends. <laughs> um, that, that's, that's what it looked like. Like, it, when the ball get crossed in and he shoots it and it just bangs off the post, I'm like, Yo, this, this is not supposed to happen. <laughs> and that's really, kind of like the weird thing, like, when you're in a good run of form, but you get the, it's weird enough, you get those breaks. Exactly. When you're you get like breaks, you get getting that beat block. and you're losing, those breaks goes against you. Yeah. If we're if we were still on that losing streak, that's that ball's going in. Yeah. That because that's in. just the way yeah. Murphy's law. Uh. <laughs> now I will say this: as much as I love Joey G, Joey got to make that chance in the 18th minute. Oh, <laughs> he got to uh, make that chance. That's a, that's another one that. I'm surprised didn't go in. I, that I is do. basically the same thing on the, but this was different because he had time. So <laughs> the forward I don't Madison, mean to laugh, but do you think like he just overthought it? He was like, hmm, should I go to the left? Should I go? To no, the right? no, should he I knew just... what he was doing. He said, I'm gonna bend this around the goalie, make it impossible for him to get it and bury it in the top corner, and it just bangs off the post. It did. It bangs right off the the, the upper ninety, and. It's it's one of those situations. It's like unlucky, but 
I the will, difference is the forward Madison chance was across, and it was it was across that came in quick. So that didn't have time to react. He just really just had a yeah. an instinctive reaction to put a foot on it, and it ends up hitting the post. Joey G comes barely. He, I think he wins the ball around no, he midfield. Wins, it, it comes off a corner, if I remember correct. Yeah. It comes off a corner, and Joey G literally, like, how, how, how can I make the best comparison? It's like you're playing football, and the quarterback throws you the ball on a nine route. For those who don't know what a nine route is, it's a go route. Like, it's straight. He throws it to you, you catch it, and you're just running. No one's in front of you. take off. And then all of a sudden, you get to, like, the two-yard line, and you just fall. In front of the goal line. Like, that, that's what happened. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like... I, yeah, because, he, I mean, there were two... We're like, yo, Two what? center backs trying to get to him. There was one that was in front of him. He, he, had, he had to do something. Like, he, the pace he had to get past, you know, the whole midfield, just get through. And those two defenders, one behind him, one in front of him. So he has to keep moving yeah. fast enough so the guy behind him doesn't catch him. But then the, he's got to get past that guy in front of him. He does it beautifully. He does. Step over, scissor, goes to the left, cuts right in front of that player, and now he's got that perfect shot for the upper 90. And, and it bangs he, off the And then, like, the crazy thing is, he catches old boy. Like, the guy he cuts, like, he crossed him up. He, it, it, looked it, like, was, it was It looked like devastating. AI back in 2001 where AI was just crossing people up for fun. Yes. That's what he caught him. He <laughs> caught him standing stupid. <laughs> and then he... If he makes that, it, I think it was it was uh, Tobin that he he Connor Tobin. I think so. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, like if he if he scores that, what Richmond's up one nothing in eighteen minutes, but we did it, and then you got their chance at um, twenty seven minutes. So now we go into halftime nil nil, and we're like, all right, yeah. Me and you were both watching the game because we had game night. By the way, Mario Party. If anyone want to catch that work. Come see us. Yes. You bought that life. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we're like, all right, we're feeling good. Yeah, things can be a little bit better. I think we were both under the impression, like, all right, where is this possession system that Bulo has had? We're going to talk about that later. But where is this possession that Bulo has been harping on us? You know, where is this pass, 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 pass? And it kind of just look like it was sit back, defend. Counterattacking, it was it was like Leicester the season they won the league. Like just sit back, defend, get the ball, send it up to Vardy. He just be, he just beats past everybody. And that, I mean, in this situation, I know I wouldn't even say that. You know who we play like, but I remember it, Burnley. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Burnley. Yeah, just, just just like Burnley. Just like I knowing don't that what yeah. we have, we hold, hold on to the ball, hold on to the ball. For literally probably ten seconds at a time because you're just getting the ball going forward. Yeah. Once the other team has the ball, sit back, just hunker back, defend, give them no options to get into that final third. Yeah, and then we win the and ball it, back. I would say this: the other thing too, it looked we look very composed. In a, I'm not gonna lie, like outside of um, City Stadium, Foreign Manager has a great atmosphere. Oof. And the fans are close to the pitch, like yes, they are literally right on top of to them. the pitch. Yeah, and I mean, it could be nerve wracking, but they look composed. They look fine. You did have the chance in the forty eighth minute where we were all like, "Oh dang, we're down one nothing." And forward, do we have enough to come back? Can we get it back? Only to find out that it hit the side net and yeah. it didn't go in. <laughs> I was confused. I was like, "Wait, did they? Did, was what?" Happened? Yeah, because. It wasn't until, like, I forgot who it was. He looks back, and I think um, Sean Russell. I think I might be confusing the names. But he looks back at Sean Russell. He was like, it's not a goal. And Sean Russell does this thing. He kind of just gives like this. Like, are you serious? Like, um, So you had that. And then, so we're like, all right. Beulah does make a couple of changes. He brings on um, Thompson for a whopping. And I feel like that switches us to kind of like, a four, I want to say four in the back. Because mm-hmm. before we were playing three five two, and I feel like Thompson comes on. Thompson comes on and um, and uh, Rodriguez comes on. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that kind of switches us to uh, so, yeah, so a weird four in the I know it's four in the back. Uh, well, I, I think they stuck with three in the back. They just literally went from having um, – because I think what it was was Troyer 
was playing more of a holding mid. Matt Bulldock was playing more like a box-to-box, -box, and Mwape was playing a little more attacking. Mm -hmm. So now when you bring in Thompson and Rodriguez, you're pushing up uh, Troyer to basically box-to-box -box mid, and you're having two holding midfielders in Rodriguez and Thompson. By the way, Troyer's numbers in his game, he had 49 passes, which he completed 77% of. He had one cross. He had nine long balls. He was accurate on three of them. He had six clearances and seven recoveries. And, of course, he had three fouls. I felt like that is a great day for Troyer in office. Oh, Troyer Troy was a beast. Troyer Troy was a warrior. Because I will say this. The one thing I was worried about when it came to Ford was how would we – how would we take care of Don Smart, <clears throat> yeah. who was Ford's, I believe, leading scorer at the moment? And Troy did a good job of pretty much controlling that central area because it looked like what Ford wanted to do was get in, you know, have everything out of the wings. But then when it came to the final eighteen, build everything up to the middle. Yeah, it just played kind of like one two touch and then look for an inside shot. That's yeah. what it looked like a lot. And Troyer pretty much paroled. You saw that. You saw Braden Troyer anticipating, reading the play ahead of time, and just being <clears> there <throat> where he needed to be, yeah. rather than just trying to chase. Mm -hmm. And that that was that was it. Because every time they start to do those one touch passes, yeah. those one touch passes in the final third, that's when you saw Troyer just stop and look, and he would look like, all right, they're probably gonna go here, and steps in and takes the ball. Like he he was playing very smart defensively. It was, was. awesome. Ryan Reed Troyer, yo. Yes. Troyer. <laughs> um. So then Chen comes off in what the sixty sixth minute. Yes. Jackson comes on, and I think it's Jackson's first touch. That's a goal. I mean his first his first play on the ball. Yeah. I mean it was uh, Gallardo who dished a ball up to him. I and believe he's so. Past the, the 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 he gets past the last defender on the run mm -hmm. to meet the ball, gets there, one-on-one -on -one with the keeper. The keeper gets a touch on it, but it still gets past him, and Daniel Jackson just runs around him and just finishes. Yeah. I, I mean. And I got to say this. This is a big moment for Daniel Jackson, not only confidence, but, like, being that if he if he is going to be the backup to Chin, knowing that, all right, look, 65 minutes on, it's your time to shine. Yeah. And I felt like that, that was a big day for Jackson. <clears throat> because his only other goal was to go to tie it up against Lansing. Yeah. And that was back early in the season. Too. Exactly, exactly. And then, you know, we heard the grapes and vines about can Jackson really be our number one? Is he really, like, up to it? Knowing that, you know, not only was he able to compete, get on the field, his first touch as a goal is, is big confidence for him. Yeah. And toe pucks it past the goalkeeper. And I feel like, that moment was so pushed up because we got behind, like you said, we were playing counter attack, but we got behind them so quick. You know, I feel like just the middle of the field for forward was so worried about taking care of the wings and building everything on the wings that I think I that, think we saw space in the middle where that ball was just able to. Slide I think in that there. that that goal that that non goal, the one that hit the side netting, that free kick that hit the side netting, kind of got into the forward Madison's head. They were like, all right, we need to let... Because you saw after that, that's when they started to push up their back line. They started to Oh, you kind of think they kind of started to panic. They started to panic like, no, we can't We can't go home with you. We can't, we can't just get one point in front of our home fans. We can't just get one point after after a shot like that that we thought we scored. Yeah. It can get in your head. And they got in their head. They were pushing forward, pushing forward, pushing forward, and forgetting that, look, if you get one point, you get one point. If you jeopardize that one point for the other team getting three, that's even worse, especially on your home turf. Mm -hmm. And that's what the kickers capitalized on. Yeah, I, I will say that. Like, <clears throat> I mean, you can definitely tell. I think more fouls got committed after that, like you said, the 48-minute shot. Mm -hmm. And you can tell Ford was just super aggressive. They were aggressive. Like, they, they were, were frustrated. Like, they were losing the game. And <laughs> you could just tell. It kind of looked like they lost composure. I don't want to like say that in a negative way, like, you know, they just lost it all. But it no, looked their like, composure did go down. It, yeah, it, it went, looked like a team that's like, yo, we we supposed to win this game. Why are we dominating this game? Yeah. Um, and that's what happened. So, first of all, we got to take a moment to stop. Daniel Jackson, you got to fix your celebration, my guy. <laughs> like, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if he was two-stepping. I don't know if he was, you know, did he, did he shoulder shrug? Like, 
I don't know if you start doing the shoulder lean. You gotta fix it. <laughs> you gotta fix it. I couldn't really see it that well. So I mean, for Kevin oh, it, it was it was a, really it was a trash down. celebration. Trash celebration. <laughs> gotta do better. Try, gotta do better. Now, Eckenrode, that guy, <laughs> Eckenrode slick. He came out of nowhere, jumped on top of Jackson. And then he didn't jump on top of Jackson. He jumped on top of about three dudes. Oh, yeah, he did. And he looked to the crowd, and I know, I know he said some slick. I know he did. I know he did. He he might not admit it. I know he did. Yeah, he probably won't, but that's okay. That's yeah. okay, though. That's okay. But we kind of hold off for the rest of the game. I mean, after that moment, it was like, all right, look, hey, sit back. I think we went from three five two to darn near six three one. Like it was just like look, just yeah, sit, just sit back. And I think, I, to be honest with you, I really feel like we were playing a five five in the back. It felt like that because, at moments because. Yes, we were playing with three in the back, but when you had it, yeah, it was a five three one one basically when we were defending, and then once we won the ball, Hughes and Lockerbie were just gunning. They were yeah. just out the blocks and just pushing up the field to give to give any support that was needed. But if you look at a lot of the kickers' chances, not many of them came from the wings. No, so they Lockerbie and Josh Hughes were a little conservative with their attack. Which then led to, you know, like I think we, holding we only it had, off on the defense. We only had seven crosses the whole game. Yeah. Versus forwards 20. Yeah. So, like you said, a lot of our stuff came from the inside. Mm-hmm. And now you're looking at it, you, you wonder, like, all right, is this Bulo's blocks for success? Like, is this kind of like, all right, this is how we're going to win our games? I mean, I don't think so. I don't think that's that's – where we're headed, I, I do feel that in this situation, I mean, just looking at the atmosphere at Ford Madison, looking at um, just all the just just the way it is at that stadium, you you, you kind of have to just you kind of have to park the bus because if you try and play. The possession style game in that type of environment, it's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard because a lot of people don't understand how the mental gets into that game. Oh, the mental of, you know, because it's one thing when you're at City Stadium and when you score a goal, you hear everyone cheer, but when the play is going on, all you hear is a Red Army in the corner. <laughs> but then you go to Ford Madison and Get, like it's packed. I think they said there were about four hundred and yeah. I think they said there. I heard it during the game. They yeah, said 45, the about forty five hundred people, just all of them forward Madison fans, and that's that's a difference. And I think that Bulo was smart to say, look, let's keep it simple. Let's defend. Let's block them when we win the ball. We're not going to try and pass around. We need to get forward quickly and try and, and, and do something. Because then if we were to score early, I do feel that we would end up even more defensive. Yeah. We'd just park the bus and say, look, we got a goal against you at in your own turf. We're not going to let any leaks come through. Well, we'll see. It, it's going to be interesting because the next I, two weeks I, we play. I, I, don't, I don't think Saturday for um, – our home game, I don't think we're going to be playing like that. I think we're going to kind of go back to the free-flowing passing and so, because okay. we're at home. We're more so relaxed. let me ask you this. It's so do you believe Bulo has two different systems? One where we're, like, all right, we're on the road and one where we're at home? I think Bulo is trying to, and it's fitting because <clears throat> it's the same colors, but Bulo is trying to make this Richmond Kickers team kind of like a Swiss Army knife. I can see that. You see, like, I can, I can, see, I can see what you're saying this, with that. What the situation dictates, we need to try and play that way. Yeah. So. It kind of, like, he morphs to what the situation needs. Like, if we're playing in a tight field, like, you know, like Ford, Ford Madison. Or he's no, like, Lansing. all right, look, possession might not be our thing. We don't play Lansing anymore, do we? 
No, we're done with that right Yeah, now. we're done. Okay, we don't have to go to that. We don't have to go with those that 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 the problem. baseball diamond. Yeah. Um. All right. So our next upcoming game, like Shadir already said, this Saturday we play Toronto. Toronto. We're back with Toronto again. Yeah. Oh, quick heads up. If you are coming to the game, um. I believe the kickers are partnering with communities and schools. They're looking for school donation supplies. And then I also think the Red Army is collecting um, school supplies as well. So hit up those two organizations if you are looking to donate and give back to the community. Uh, that's our quick little commercial break. But we played Toronto, a team we already beat 2-1 two, two in a row, our first comeback victory of the year. Our first victory after a team scored, we came back in school and won. Um... <clears throat> Me personally, I will say this. I do not think we will get the easy breaks like we did in the first matchup. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think we're going to have to be more clinical in front of goal. But I think the formation that we have fits perfectly for that. Yeah. My only thing is, you know. I, 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 uh, my, my thing is, I, I think. Without the, the errors and the mess-ups, that game is still 1-0 kickers. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you start with our first goal, or let's start with Toronto's first goal, that was just unlucky, to be honest with you. Um, yes, as, as Ted did say when, when me and him were, were reviewing that game, is... Um, Joe Rice did not take control of his box with his box with the initial cross. Yeah. But the follow up was just unlucky. You know, you had that striker just completely get in a tangle with Aqua right in front of Joe Rice, and Joe Rice can't see the ball until the last second. Yeah. So that's that's an unlucky situation that I think. I mean, our defensive line has been solid. So. Yeah, for the most part. For the most part. And then, of course, our first goal, that, uh, I don't know what. Butterfingers. Butterfingers. I don't know what he was trying to do with that. <laughs> In those situations, if you're going backwards, you pop that over your goal. Yeah. You, you put a fist to it and put it over the goal. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> I don't know he was trying to catch it or whatever. <clears throat> but I, I do feel, and then also, we have to take into account, and we have to tip our hat to the Red Army, we will be at home. Oh yeah! It All was, right. Look, we're coming this off of three wins. Look, it's like Christmas. This is this Red Army country, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Christmas. Um, my the only thing I'm really thinking about is. Uh, all right, let me ask you this: Do you think we see a lineup with Rodriguez and Troyer both starting, or do you think that's too defensive for this three-five-two? I think that's too defensive. You need okay. one or the other. Um, uh, okay, but. If we are playing more of a possession-based, I think Rodriguez is the better pick for that. And Troyer maybe comes on if we're in the lead late on in the game. Troyer comes close on, out. and now you have Rodriguez and Troyer, and basically say you shall not pass. Uh, so Troyer is more of the destroyer, and Maxi is, is more of like the parallel, so Troy, like the deep line. Troyer, play, Troyer play is maker. more of N'Golo Conte disrupting the other team's midfield, just yeah. running around, just making a nuisance of himself, while Rodriguez is more of a Busquets who will distribute. Yeah. Who can take the ball, distribute. He does still play that defensive role, but he's a distributor. Yeah. So, okay. I, I, I see that. If All we're right. going to be playing possession, that's probably the best way to go. For Rodriguez. Yeah, for Rodriguez. But late on in the game, when we got that lead, notice I said when, not if. Yeah. When, when we got that lead, lead, put on Troyer and set up the blockade, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, now I will say this, in that game, we got dominated in possession. Like, it was kind of yeah. uncharacteristic. It was like 60 to yeah. 30. I mean, yeah. 60 to 40. Do we see the same situation? Or, like, I, I mean, mean, we've been talking you, about look it, but I think, game, I think it changes. I think it's a little game, bit more we, balanced. We didn't, we, didn't have, um, we didn't have really good possession in this game either. I mean, Ford Madison took the client's share of possession. Um... So, I don't know. I, I, I think it, it, it just depends on the situation. And, and my thing is I'm, I'm not a big – I don't harp too much on possession because, for me, it's not the amount of possession you get. It's oh, yeah, it's a useless do, stat, but it's, it's what an What you do take. with that possession. Yeah. Because, for example, you look at the kickers in this game against Ford Madison, 
when they got possession, they didn't have possession for long periods of time. But when they got possession, they got forward fast. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, so, so we play them on a Saturday. We have a quick look at the table. We are still ninth, but with a win over Toronto, we will be atop of them. But we will still be below Tucson, um, Tucson which has uh, goal. Well, will beat us on goal differential. Yeah, massively. Um, but we the thing that's in our favor is we have ten, 10 games left. Um, that is the most games left in the season. Yeah. So we we have played the least amount of games yeah. this season. Um, we played eighteen. Most teams Lansing, have played nineteen. Our boys up there at Capital Combustion, um, they play the most. Yeah. Twenty two, and they have six games left. Yeah. So, um. We also have fan questions, and we're going to go ahead and lead into one. We get a question from Steve Kalhu. Hope I got his name right. I pray I did. He pretty much asked, um, is it time to start looking toward the playoffs after our three-game winning streak? Now, I will say this. I think it was a couple of episodes ago I was saying that we needed to basically win 15 out of 18 in the month of August to have a legitimate shot of looking yeah, at the playoffs. 15 out of 18 points. Right now we stand at 9. Mm-hmm. I would say you have three big games left. You have um, Ford, Toronto, Toronto, and South Georgia. South Georgia, oddly enough, has not been a dominating team. They fall, they fell they from second were, yeah, they, they were. to fourth, and I think their form has like dipped massively. Yeah, they're going through a rut right now. Oh, yeah, which is – Kind of weird to see. Yeah, it's it is weird. It's because there was one point in the year like they were up there leading everyone. Like I think and the, out the, of the last, last five, win, they won one, drawn two, and lost two. They yeah, lost they, two their last win was against Orlando City B, who I like. We just we talked about before we started recording. We feel like they they're kind of throwing the towel in. Oh yeah, on their season. They're doing the Knicks. <laughs> they're they're pulling a Knicks. Like oh, the season started. Going <laughs> to tank, baby. <laughs> like they are taking for Zion. Um, we play a Toronto team that's lost three in a row. We play a four team who we just recently beat. Now, you don't want to go into any game overconfident. There's still three tough opponents. Toronto, at one point in the year, was up there in the playoff standing. Yeah. South Georgia, not too long ago, was the second best team in the league. Yeah. Fort Madison won, what was it, four in a row or something like that? Or no, three in a row, looking for four wins in a row, and got back. Got got in the playoff Came race. down the thing, and I mean, I, we had said this at the beginning. This this table is gonna fluctuate. It's gonna yeah, it's gonna fluctuate. Like nothing's gonna get shuffled until around. I remember Chattanooga was near the bottom at one point. Now yeah. they're in third. Yeah, nothing's gonna get settled to like the last four games where it's like, all right, look, four in it, four four wins you're in. Um, so I say, is it as a fan? Do you want to get excited for playoffs? I w- I would say this. Don't start getting excited until you start seeing the Richmond kicker's name at like six. That's just me personally. Mm-hmm. I would say wait till the end of this month and then you look at it. Because yeah. right now we're standing at nine, nine points. I mean, eight points out. If we're four points out, five points out, then it's all great. Yeah. It's all great in my opinion. Um, and uh, one another thing is with our game against Toronto, Ford are playing Greenville. Yeah. Next, and Greenville, who just beat they're, Toronto, they're, they're basically uh, after after Tucson. They're the next ones to catch. Yeah, and they're going through a tough situation right now, where they literally, I mean, they they've had wins, but after the way they looked against us, and especially the way Greenville has looked lately, I mean, Greenville has four wins out of out of five, mm-hmm. and. They beat North Texas 4-0 yeah. a few games ago. They beat them 4-0. That, that is a sign that this is a team not to be trifled with. Um, so it's, it's, it's a tight – I mean, don't let the numbers, the points numbers fool you because apart from Orlando City B, like ninth through first is a toss-up. Oh yeah, it's a yeah, toss-up. Toss up. I mean, I thought it wasn't with North Texas, but after getting like completely manhandled by Greenville four nil, it's like, are they as good as we thought they were? I mean, we will see. It's it's one thing to say ah they they took a one nil loss or a two nil loss or a two one loss, but 
to get spanked four nil, that something's wrong. And I don't know. It, it it could be anything. My answer to that question is you should always be prepared for playoffs in a league where there are only ten teams and there are four playoff spots. Yeah, always anything, be prepared. Anything can happen. Always be prepared for playoffs. Prepare anything for it. And and I think the kicker should prepare for the playoffs because you never know what's gonna happen. All right? And especially with us having three wins in a row, if we continue on this with this momentum going forward, you have Joey G finally scoring goals again. Daniel Jackson's got, got his first goal since since that Lansing game. The floodgates may open. Chin is, is, is finding the back of the net every once in a while. We have, and, and now Moape is finding more space in the midfield. So what I've noticed is a lot of people were saying that where one of our biggest problems came from the fact that everyone figured out Joey G. Yeah. And closing him down, we had no other options. We started winning once Moape started getting more space in the midfield. Mm-hmm. Once Moape started getting more space, now he's the go-to guy. And if they switch to focusing on Moape, we'll have Joey G back. All right. So, so we kind of already answered the other question by saying, he's like, how does it feel to have nine points? I mean, I feel pretty positive. Three wins and a bounce is always better than, you know, what Love. we were going through before. So, Anything's possible on that Three point. happy podcasts make oh, yeah. for happy podcasts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, we got another question for my boy Cal. Shout out to Featherstone. They are, I want to say, the black supporter group of Foreign Madison. Um, I guess that's the best way I can put it. But for those who didn't see it, um, River City 93 and uh, Featherstone kind of collab, did you want to say, on a name for this rivalry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call it the Henny Derby because, mm-hmm. you know, Hennessy's a great drink of champions. <laughs> uh, he said, how excited are you for the rematch of the Henny Derby? I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm, I am, honestly. Um, yeah. I think if Richmond can go up to forward again, separate between two weeks, and, and get another, another win, win, oh, man. Wow. That's bragging rights. Man. No matter where we end up in the table, that's bragging rights because that's a tough environment to Ooh. go to and get two wins in a row. <laughs> Boy, I I might show up to the game on the fourteenth with a bottle of Hennessy. Look, that's like that's like saying we had a struggle. We struggled probably I'd say probably this five five years ago. We had a tough season. We ended up mid table or lower mid table, but both times we went to Stoke, we won. Yeah. That's the. It would be one of those Nobody things. likes to go to Stoke. Yeah, it would. <laughs> wow. You can send all, uh, Ford Madison fans, you can send all aggressive tweets to Shanir. No, when, uh, I, when <laughs> I say that, I mean that in terms of Stoke, I, they're, they're, they're known for being extremely difficult to beat at home. They're yeah. nearly impossible to beat at home. Their fans are intense. And it's one of those environments. Hey, look, I, I know the feeling. I'm a Celtics fan. I know that when you come to the Garden, it's a nightmare for you if you come to the garden because that's that's how that's how it's set up and i feel like forward madison with the following that they have they have the ability to be that stoke city of yeah. USL and I also, I also of, think like of just tough to be at home because their fans are just yeah. their, their home is a fortress and this but, is the other thing too like i think when it comes to people want to say like in order to make an arrival you need history and you need to have like games I also think like you have rivalries that you can put in two different categories, and I think it's rivalries that are played on the mat, on the field, and then you have rivalries that are off the field. Exactly. Like us in Orlando City, B. I hate to say it, it's kind of is a rivalry because there's history on the field between the two teams. When yeah. Orlando City was in USL so, Championship, you yeah. know we played competitively against each other. Then they went to MLS and they had Orlando City B, and then you know they went defunct for a year and then they came back. But you can still tell, like, even though the players of Atlanta City B might be totally new, Richmond, Richmond fans still remember, and we are always going to say, we hate Orlando. Yeah. No matter what capacity we're playing them in. Yeah. It's just because of, that's the nature of the game. But then you have games such as, like, Lansing versus Greenville. That's a rivalry because of what's happened on the field. Exactly. Like, the first time they play, I think it was three red cards. And then the second time they play, I think it was, like, two red cards. Yeah. A game like between us and Ford, I think, is a rivalry because of off the field, like the fans getting yeah. into it. like Ford social media account and Richmond social media account going at uh, it, going at it. Just you know, Banter. River City ninety three and Feathers on United coming up with a name <laughs> based <laughs> off of a drink. You know, two unique fan bases that I hate to say, like if you look at it, like are uniquely the same, 
I would say outside of what Lansing and maybe Greenville, those are the best four uh, supporters groups, well-known supporters groups. You have South Georgia uh, and then Chattanooga, but their supporter group, from what I've seen on Twitter and social media, aren't as lively as like yeah, Ford and Richmond and yeah. Greenville, and you know. And well, I think and we that's have a the big supporters group because of our because of our yeah, because like how long we've been around and yeah. stuff like that. Um, so next question comes from Zach Smith. He said, "What's your thoughts on Troy in the midfield?" I let you start. We just talked about it about what what we would feel would happen in this game. Troyer is um, an anti strategy midfielder. He's that player you put in to disrupt any strategy the other midfield has. Like <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I don't. I don't. But as soon as you say anti strategy, I just imagine Troyer. <laughs> Like, just stand out there, and he just sit in a uh, meeting with Beulah. And Beulah's just like, yeah, we're going to do this. And Troy is like, nah, I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> I think I'm going to take his legs out. Like, that's just a bad <laughs> But, I mean, that is true. Like, you know, Troy, is a, he's the type of player who you, you put him in, and he any type of, they say, okay, we're going to try and work the ball through the midfield this way. And Troy says, uh-uh, no, you're not. Yeah. Try something else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're going to so, have to rethink this, buddy. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, so I, that's, that to me is what the type of midfielder Troy is. That's what he brings to the midfield. Yeah. He brings that, that N'Golo Conte type of workhorse who's just running around. And when you're on the other team, you feel like he's all over the place and he's just a pain in the butt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I mean, look, we. I think when it's all said and done with Troy's career, and I think if we had, I will say this, at the beginning of this year, when we went down the division and we were hearing players are leaving and whatnot, I think me, Gordon, and a couple of other people was like, Troy might leave. And I was like, and then when I heard the news of Greenville being made in South Carolina, and knowing Troy has played at Coastal Carolina, he's from South Carolina, I was like, He's going to Greenville, and that was just, like I heard nothing about it in the front office. Nothing. I was just like, "Yo, he can leave," and he stayed. And yeah, I think Torian brings a presence along with Shinovsky, but I think Torian's presence well known, and he resonates so much with fans because we've seen Torian really grow up here. Yeah, and like really becoming just like, oh, he's the left back. And then you saw Troyer get moved to CDM, and you just look at like what he brings to that team, and just like an extra burst of energy, and true captain's model. All right, guys, sorry for the quick, brief interruption. Uh, we're in the library, and we had to move because you know uh, when you don't reserve a room, you can't stay in a room with someone else who's nervous. So yeah. Uh, this is why this is a low budget podcast. We don't have money. To have a studio with other people. Yeah. Uh. Well. All right. Finish the point about Troyer. Yeah. So Troyer is. There is all of all of what we said on the technicality on the field side of things, but we also need to remember that. Troyer is one of those players. Um. He. he I think he played some, uh, defensive midfielder last season yeah, once or twice. So he has. He had. Had some experience there, but we need to remember that with, like you said, with you know, Greenville coming into USL League One, him being from South Carolina, there, the obvious thing would have been for him to go. Yeah. But he stayed. He stayed, and he stuck it out, and he said he's going to stay with the team that he's been with. Um, and it's, I know it's, bec- this also may be because of so many players leaving, but we're halfway through the season and Braden Troyer is still the only player on the Richmond Kickers roster that has a personal chant for the Red Army. Due to multiple reasons, we're also no, but I mean, we've, we've, we've grown to, to, to make chants. I remember we had one for Yambi. We had one for Delhi. Um, yeah, it's just... We've, we've had... The, there are quite a few players have had their... Yeah, because I'll, I'll always make this comparison about Troy. Troy reminds me of the guy at the YMCA that wore sweats and had the headband and arm sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he looked like, yo, I can follow him up. 
And he'd be in the car, he's trying to bust your ass for like 30. He's sitting there like, yo, how did this old man beat you for 30? But I think Troy, he just brings like this calm demeanor presence about him. Yeah. It just relaxes everything in the field. Um, so our last fan question comes from Scott Hoffman. Uh, he asks, what is it about the new formation that has us playing better? Me personally, I would say it's just defensive stability. And I think it also, it, it allows us to get the best out of Ali Mbappe and Lockerbie. Yes. Because I think before when we were running the forward back line, Mbappe and Lockerbie would be over top of each other. And Mbappe yeah. loves to cut in so much. That Lockerbie has to be up. Lockerbie has to be up. But then what happened was Lockerbie would then, if we had to, if they would get behind Lockerbie, there's no way they could cover that running back spot. Exactly. I think with us going to the 3 5 two, I think it'll naturalize Mbappe to be inside, and if he has to cover the outside, if he has to go outside, then he has to be clear. Mm-hmm. But we have Lockerbie already there on the outside. And then also, it allows Lockerbie the freedom just to move up and down the right with no one to be like, all right, well, what is Mbappe doing? Is he standing on the outside? Then I know I can't push up. Is Mbappe inside? All right, well, then I know. When then yeah. it takes that kind of that second guess out of it, it frees him up. And I think it also frees up Cariano, that now he has that space behind the striker that is yeah. totally his. That's all his, exactly. So he's not even <laughs> have to worry about, all right, well, when he's playing the wing, does he have to cut in? Mm-hmm. No. All right, well, now am I sent him in for a while? I don't have to worry about defensive personnel because I know I have Troy and I have Hughes behind him. So now I know I'm a little bit more freer. Yeah. So I think that helps out a lot. I think it just gives more spacing to what people want to do, like we said. I think this team is an attack of all trades kind of team. Yeah. So it's like, all right, <clears throat> the three five two is designed to create spacing. So if you want to have possession, you can have to be more compact. Yeah. And if you want to be compact, if you want to be defensively, you know, you can have Lockerbie and Thompson draw back. We have five men back and then three on top of them. So now it's a shifting. All right, now we're going to this, we're going to that way. It's more compact in that way. Where I think when we played the four four two three one, I think we got a little bit complacent mm-hmm. and it wasn't as much fluidity and um, fluidity and transition from midfield to attack because I think there were gaps in between where Max would be because Max would drop off so far deep and it's not his fault it's just the natural structure of the 4-2-3-1 exactly it's just like a big hole where you have two really defensive midfielders naturally they're not going to feel comfortable pushing them to attack yeah, and so behind that, that top midfielder, there's a gap yeah, between that top yeah, midfielder so and the like, two. He passes the ball, he has to literally pass like 10, 20, 20, 20 yards yeah. to get to Gallardo, who's then he has pressure, he has to force him. Yeah. Versus a 3 5 2, there's naturally like. It's a natural progression of the field. It's a natural progression of the field, which I feel like we want. Yeah. So, I, I, look, I love the formation that's working, it's a fullable formation for us. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 flexible. It's it you can do a lot with it. Mm-hmm. You can do a lot with that formation. You can you you can have five in the back when you're parking the bus. Yeah. You can just have three in the back and maybe have you can either have Gallardo sitting behind the striker or level with the striker. You can change stuff around in the five in the midfield and who's going to play where. It's, it allows you to, to change things without really changing things. And, and the players aren't trying to be like, wait a minute, so how do we fix this? What do we do here? What do we do here? How do we do this? It's, it's, it, it's organic, the way it moves around. And I, I like it. I really like yeah, it. I don't know why. That three five one one, it's 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 working. It's worked for the past three games. This game was a little different because we played more counter attacking and we played more of a five three one one rather than a three five one one. But it, it works. And again, that's that fluidity. It's the same formation, but just with a slight change, just to adjust to what what we got going on. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I love it. I think it was this past week. He had an article from, I'm trying to find the guy's name. Uh, the Athletic. Rooter from mm-hmm. The Athletic. By the mm-hmm. way, if you do not have The Athletic, 
I advise you to get it. It's a great yeah. subscription. Get that. Get yeah. Three, art, three free articles a month. Yeah. If you want to like look at I want to try it out, I would advise you go read his article. We're gonna put a link down in the description below. But pretty much, uh, Jake Edwards, who is the president of the USL. Basically, yeah. Um, he talked about ProRail, refinances, stadium upgrades, MLS relations, and more. I would say, like, <laughs> I was already a fan of USL over MLS. I am more a fan of USL versus MLS. <laughs> At this point, right now, who has a bigger footprint? Uh, oh, well, oh, you mean geographic footprint? Oh, yeah, you're right. There are so <laughs> many dead areas. With regards to MLS, like yeah. the whole middle part of the country, yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, sure. USL has teams everywhere. Yeah, um, so. I think the other portion of it is, you know, I think, and we've heard Jake Edwards talk about it before. He hasn't really just came up loud and said it, but he's hinted at program and the way how the league is getting structured. I think USL, I think League One won't have conferences to 2021. So we have one more year with just a straight up table. Mm-hmm. And then 2021, we go to conferences. Um, it'd be interesting to see what team goes to what conferences. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting to see. But I also think that now hearing that what teams from the championship drops down, what teams from League Two comes up, and how will Pro Rail be structured, um, you know, stadium upgrades. Perfect example, like even though I used to hate playing them, you gotta give you gotta tip your hat to Louisville, man. Like even they, though you know it's the top of them going up to MLS, and even the owner said like he and he was honest about it. He was like, "Do we have aspirations of going to MLS? Yeah, what team doesn't play exactly. in the top league?" He was like, "You know, we're not just building this for MLS. We're building this for the structure and the stability of." Soccer in Louisville. In Louisville, exactly. Which I gotta say, like, I'm so happy to hear an owner come out and say that. Say that, that. exactly. Because how many times have we had owners just come out and be like, well, I'm just putting all this money in to get the MLS. Like, screw what happens in USL, we're getting the MLS. Exactly. And then you get the MLS. It's basically they have the, now they they have the, um, they're leading the way for other USL teams. To be like, look, just because you're in USL, it doesn't mean you have to have a small stadium. Yeah. I mean, get a big stadium. The bigger the stadium, the more fans you can fit. The more fans you can fit, the more eyes you draw to the game. I think it's all about getting a stadium that fits you. It fits what you want. Yeah. You know, Richmond, City Stadium fits us perfectly. It does. Because that's... You know, everyone wants to do advanced things for the big upgrade, but if you have something that's home, that's you, yeah. they can improve it. Yeah, you know? and that's that's what that and that's one thing I have noticed that Matt Spears is all about doing. Um, I think I heard an interview that he had um on the Total Soccer Show, um, basically talking about how look, City Stadium is is a big part of of Richmond. It, it, it's, it, there's a history there. So, you know, I, I tear remember, it down. I, and I remember playing, what was it? Football in that stadium. Like my senior year. Mm-hmm. I remember playing football in that stadium. Yeah, it's, it's got the history. <laughs> that just We just need to do something about that other side on top of the locker rooms. Yeah. And apart from that, it, leave it. That's City Stadium. That's our identity. That's the identity of the Richmond Kickers ever since they moved yeah. into that stadium. And I think also, like, I mean, we've definitely seen this league just, like, explode from where it was in 2013. Mm-hmm. I think with, like, 20-odd teams. Yeah. To now you got three movable divisions, multiple teams. Like you said, leagues, I mean, teams and markets that MLS would probably never even think about touching. Yeah. Like Hartford or Birmingham or Memphis. Omaha coming to League One. Yeah. Manson. Like, all these markets that are not open that you've seen in soccer Clippers. Exactly. And isn't uh, isn't there a club out of no, I think I think the only two states that are kinda of quiet in this is Idaho and Montana and I think yeah, like those states obviously. But I think like having a club in Iowa would be huge. Yeah. I, I mean there's a League Two team, but I would love to see like a League One team there. League one I team mean, in Iowa, yeah. Honestly when I, I I did some research on my own and I looked at um, 
teams, proteins in the state of Virginia. You have us, Doc, and you have Carolina. Now is in the championship, they're going to be DC 92 in the league. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're in the championship. You have us in League One. In League Two, you have Lions Bridge. Lions Bridge. You have another team up in Northern Virginia. Um, what's the name? It starts with a B. I can't think of it right now. You have Virginia, Virginia um, BGFC. You have Virginia City. Yeah. You also have Virginia City, by the way, played UPSL. And you have it's another Charlottesville Lions. Yeah. You don't have any teams going to South of Virginia that I've been looking for. I haven't really seen anyone. Yeah, that's not really But I much. think Virginia can support another League One team. They can. They definitely can. Yeah, support another I, and I would think it would probably be East, probably somewhere I near, think it would probably be like the near Virginia Island. Beach. Somewhere in the 75. For those yeah. who don't know what the 75 is, uh, that's like Norfolk, Hampton, South Oaks, Williamsburg, Virginia Beach, Newport News, Norfolk. Yeah. Area. It's called yeah. 757. Um, I've definitely seen another. And it would be, you talk about an experience for kicker things to go on a road trip? Dog. That would be dope. That'd be fun. Yeah. And it's not that far, you know. Mm-hmm. Then, there's, then there you go, your Virginia Derby. Yeah, it's been a long time since we had a Derby here, right? It's yeah. Been, been a long time. But, yeah. oh, one last piece of news is just kind of broke. Um, for all those know, I think U.S. Women's National, U.S. Women's National Team Coach, um, Jill Ellis, stepped down. Yeah. Well, I think she's serving out to in October. Yeah. But, Kate... Markdaff, who was part of that 99 um, Women's World Cup team, mm-hmm. um, she will be serving as the GM for the U.S. Women's National Team. So now the men and the women both have GMs. All right. There so we I go. Think, that's separated out. I think out, that's what's going to happen is get her into the job, and then by October, we'll probably have a new coach and still. I haven't heard anything about uh, when new coach comes in, but it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Anything else you want to No. I'm just hoping for a win number four on Saturday. Me too. And I'm glad Tad did not take my place. <laughs> um, with that being said, guys, this is Elliot. I should be here. Catch you on the next time. That's my always do.